Again, we want to give praises to the Most High, Yahuwah and His Son, Yahusha, the Hamashiach, who came and died for us to cleanse us of our sins. Shalom, and welcome to the Science of the Covenant podcast, where we study the biblical covenant and its deeper meanings, as well as other concepts that are in the Bible. So I'm going to ask you, and I ask you every week, because if you don't have them, you got better go get them or put it on pause and grab your Bible. So have your Bibles ready, your pen, your pad, get ready to take some notes. Now I'll turn it over to the pastor. Okay, thank you very much. What we want to do is continue where we left off last week. Uh, we were dealing with the significance of uh, the portions of the covenant. And what we want to do is continue with the covenant. And as we do so, let us consider the first covenant Elohim involved himself in. And that will take us to the book of Genesis. And in Genesis, we want to <clears throat> find the first covenant. And here we are told in Genesis chapter 1. And we want to consider verses 2 and 3. And we are probably no doubt. Uh, be dealing with basically uh, verse 2, but we'll read both of the verses. Here it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters, and Elohim said, Let there be light, and there was light. Now the Spirit in this text says, The Spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters and Elohim said let there be light and there was light let us examine this passage of scripture for its covenant content and what we'll be dealing with is the similarities found in them there are some similarities found in the covenant now this section we'll just call the covenant similarities when we speak about the covenant similarities they are in reference to the things in elohim's covenant which are the same or similar in appearance what are these similarities in order to detect these similarities in the covenant let us again go over what a covenant is so by way of review, if we were to define a covenant in brief, it would be an agreement between two or more persons or groups or things. So just looking at it from the standpoint of individuals getting together and making an agreement on something, that's basically what a covenant is. Since in our covenant, we are talking about Elohim, then a covenant with him would be an agreement between Elohim or Elohim and a person or a group or a thing. Whether Elohim makes a covenant with a person, place, time, or thing, there are similarities they share. What we, what we have noticed about Elohim's covenant is that with any of his covenants, there is what we call an elemental similarity. 
an elemental similarity. Now that word elemental means the elements that deals with the elements. It's like we have the elements uh, in the world, there's soil, water, and fire, and stuff like that. So what we're gonna deal with is the elemental similarities. Now, let, let us now pursue what we call the, ele the elemental similarities. So in the elemental similarities, we would see the elements that we are working with. So in elemental similarity, this is where an element of one kind takes on the elements of another kind. When Elohim's spirit moved upon the waters, a covenant was in the making as a matter of fact, the first element in the making of a covenant is his spirit. We notice that his Holy Spirit was the first element that we recognize in the covenant. And that's an important factor because as we continue to deal with the covenant, the presence of the spirit is one of the elements that we'll see throughout all of his covenants. So we must be able to see this in his first covenant, if we're going to see it in the other covenants, his spirit must be active in the relationship between Elohim and what or who he is making a covenant with. Now, if Elohim's spirit is moving upon the face of the waters, we must agree that there is a relationship between the spirit and the water. Now, the spirit of Elohim moving upon the water, we have two elements we are, we are involved with. We have the elements of the spirit and the water. By having the spirit and the water, we have the elements. How are the elements similarity to be accounted for. We must have more than the elements. We must also show their similarity. So when we deal with the uh, element, the elemental similarities, we want to point out both the elements that we are working with and also how they are similar. So the question we would naturally ask is what is similar between the spirit of Elohim and the water? What do the water and the spirit have that are similar? Okay. Now we'll try at our best to cover the spirit in this particular portion, and then no doubt next week we'll deal with the water. But right now we want to see uh, what is it about the spirit that we want to zero in on. And then once we do that, then we can make a, compa a comparison between the spirit and the water.
Now, when we deal with the uh, the the elemental similarities, we want to break it down into subtopics as we deal with the elemental similarities. Now, the first breakdown that we want to have a subpoint that is, we'll call it the basic elemental similarity, the basic elemental similarity. In the basic elemental similarity, we start with the basic elements of creation in the sense that in order for the rest of creation to have the essential things they needed to exist, they must have the spirit and the water. They must have the spirit and the water. Elohim spirit and, and water are the basic elements of which all life is composed of, and without them, life would cease. In this basic similarity, there are a number of factors which contribute to it. In the sense of the creation narrative, the basic similarities find themselves contributing to the things which would follow after the spirit and the water in order for them to exist. So basically what we are saying is, when we see in the covenant that he made with the spirit and the water, they would be the basics for all of the life that he would make that particular week. So when you start with day one, the water and the spirit would be contributing factors for the rest of the things that he would make the rest of the week. So the first basic factor we want to pursue is the basic element, elemental foundation similarity. The basic foundation similarity. So we'll put it this way, the basic elemental foundation similarity. In the basic elemental foundation similarity, we have the basic two elements of life serving a similar purpose and that purpose of which they serve is that of a support. So when we look at the two basic elements that we are dealing with, which is the spirit and the water, they act as a foundation for the rest of creation. They support the rest of creation. Without their support, no creation could exist. A foundation is that which supports the rest of the creation that was to come during the creation week. The spirit and the water would be the foundational support for the creation to follow. Therefore, the spirit and the water would constitute <clears throat> what we call the support for all creation. So all creation would be dependent upon these two elements, which would be the spirit and the water. Now the spirit and the water would undergird Elohim's entire creation. They would be the foundation for the entire universe to be held in place. In order for our universe to be able to stand, 
it must stand upon a sure foundation, and that foundation is the spirit and the water. Outside of the spirit and the water being similar in their support, but there is the basic elemental uh, primordial similarity, and we want to look at that. So when we look at what we call the basic elemental foundation similarity, we want to go into a, another subtopic to define what this foundational similarity or foundational support, what what it what it what it is about. So when we look outside of the spirit and the water being similar in their support, there is the basic element of water and the spirit. So now what we want to look look at here is the basic elemental primordial similarity, the basic elemental primordial similarity. In the basic elemental primordial similarity, we have the first elements of creation. So that's what primordial means. Primordial means the first. It means the essential thing that salvation was to be built upon. So when we deal with the primordial similarity, we have the first elements of creation. Things which are primordial have to do with both that which is first and also that which doesn't need anything of which to sustain it. In other words, water and the spirit did not have to depend upon anything to sustain it, but yet it is the foundation to help sustain other things that were to come. And in its and when we look at the basic primordial things of creation, we we realize that they in and of themselves are their own source. So when we look at the spirit and the water, they are their own source. They do not have to depend upon another source, but other sources have to depend upon the water and the spirit. But the spirit and the water, they are of the state that they are independent, whereas other things of creation are dependent. Even though the spirit and the water contributes to other sources of life, yet they themselves aren't dependent upon them to exist. The primordial source of life is found in all forms of life, yet it is not getting any life from that which it is a part of, but rather it gives life to that which it is a part of. All life outside of the spirit and the water is considered secondary. 
it is considered a secondary source of life. The secondary life is dependent upon the primordial or the primary source of life in order to exist. The spirit and the water is what is needed for the secondary life to be preserved. So when we look at the primordial life, it is independent, it can stand alone, but the secondary forms of life must depend upon the, the primary source of life, which is the spirit and the water. Now, we have what we call the basic elemental universal similarities, okay? All right, now when we deal with the, uh, the basic elemental primordial similarities, we are pointing out that the basic elemental foundation similarities and the basic elemental primordial similarities they are all working with the same elements, which is the spirit and the water. So as we look at that, we'll be break, break, breaking it down. See, we have the basic elemental similarities. And within that, we have the basic elemental foundational similarities, which we discussed. And we also have the basic elemental primordial uh, similarities. Now, uh, as, as, as we deal with that, we want to have another basic elemental uh, similarity, which would be the basic elemental universal similarity. Okay. So when we look at water and the spirit, they have a lot of similarities. They have a similarities as far as their uh, foundation. They have a similarity as far as their uh, pri uh, uh, their primordial uh, existence, and they have a similarity in what we call the basic elemental universal similarities. In the basic elemental universal similarities, we are concerned with the spirit and the water's presence everywhere. Air and water are both universal. There is an abundance of air and water. There is water both above and below. And as we look at the waters below, above and below us on this earth, and and between heaven and earth, there's air. The wind and the water generally are two universal elements which accompany one another. So we can see that when we can see that the water is universal, and we also see that the spirit or the wind, the air is universal. So we can see the similarities between these the spirit and the water they have a lot of similarities now 
we're going to shift just a little bit the basic elemental functional similarities of the spirit. Okay. Now, this is what we want to do now. We want to, we were dealing with the basic elemental foundation similarities. And now we want to deal with the basic elemental functional similarity of the spirit. Okay. Okay, now when we deal with this, uh, we'll no doubt be concentrating particularly on this on, on the similarity of the spirit, but what we'll be doing is laying out the spirit first, and then we'll come back and compare the spirit with the water. So we entitled this section the basic elemental functional similarity of the spirit. Now in the basic elemental functional similarity, we are concerned with the function of the spirit and the function of the water. However, we are not only dealing with the function of both the spirit and the water, but also the similarities of the functions. So we want to be able to discern the functions of the spirit and also the functions of the water. Okay. So as we make the comparison, we're going to first lay out some things of, of the spirit. And then next week, we'll lay out the how those things of the spirit is also reflected in the water. So let's deal with the spirit at this just just a position. As we pointed out in Genesis chapter one and verse two, let us look at that again. Genesis chapter one and verse two. And we want to get the latter part of that verse. And it says, and the spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. So as we pointed out in Genesis one, two, it was Elohim's spirit which moved upon the face of the waters. In this act of Elohim's spirit moving upon the face of the waters by his spirit is an introduction to sanctification. So when his spirit moved on the waters, he was introducing us to sanctification. At the start of creation, Elohim started the sanctification process. We asked a question. Just what does it mean to sanctify something or somebody? In order to answer this question, let us go to the Hebraic word for sanctification and what it means. Now, the Hebrew word for sanctification is Kadesh, Q-A-D-E-S-H. Q-A-D-E-S-H is pronounced Kadash, okay. Now, Kadash, and this word carries the meaning of either to separate or to sit apart. When Elohim separates something, it isn't merely just to do so as a random act with out any reason or purpose. Elohim sitting 
a side of something carries with it at least four things. And let us examine these four things to see how they align themselves with sanctification. So the whole purpose of the movement of the Holy Spirit upon the waters of creation was to bring about a sanctification process. So we want to look at that. We will entitle this part of our study as the elemental functional, functional endorsement. The elemental functional endorsement of the spirit. The elemental functional endorsement of the spirit. In the elemental functional endorsement, there are four things Elohim does. These four things are not necessarily done in a certain order or one after another, but rather all four of these things are done simultaneously even though all of the endorsement takes place at the same time, yet we will view each aspect of it separately. So when the Holy Spirit moved on the waters, it was doing four things at the same time. But yet we want to look at the four things that it was doing separately to get an idea of what was taking place. So again, let us look at Genesis 1-2. And again, we want to look at the latter part. And it says, and the spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. Let us see what the moving of the spirit upon the waters has to do with endorsing the waters and why the waters needed to be endorsed. The first aspect we'll concern ourselves with is the elemental acceptance, the elemental acceptance. In other words, uh, whatever Elohim uses has to be accepted by he himself. So we call this the elemental acceptance. Now, in this aspect of Elohim's spirit moving upon the waters, he is accepting the waters as his agency to be used by he himself. Anything or anybody that he wants to use must first be accepted by him. And what he accepts, he sets apart for his holy purpose. And such a function as this, we call sanctification. Sanctification means the Kadesh, the setting aside. And for Elohim, it's not just the setting aside or separating, but it's set aside and is separated for his unique purpose. And that purpose is sanctification. That's what he sets aside for. And so when he sets aside it for sanctification, it must first be accepted by him. So when we see the spirit of Elohim moving upon the waters, it is telling us that he has accepted the waters. He has accepted the waters. 
So when we see the acceptance of the waters, then we know he has accepted those waters for a particular purpose. Now, the next aspects that we refer to in the endorsement is the elemental affirmation. The elemental affirmation in this aspect of Elohim's spirit moving upon the waters, he is affirming the waters for his use. So when he affirms the waters for his use, Whatever Elohim uses, he first affirms. His affirmation is needed in order to let us know that whatever he employs in his service must receive his affirmation. In this way, we know that if his spirit hasn't affirmed something, then it is not sanctified by him. Nor is it to be used for his cause. Everything that Elohim uses in his service, he gives an affirmation. If there's no affirmation of it, he doesn't use it in his cause. This is one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit, to affirm, to affirm things in such a way that we can recognize that Elohim is the one that is using the particular thing or person. Now, the next aspect we refer to is the elemental anointing, the elemental anointing. In this aspect of Elohim spirit moving upon the waters to be used in his creation, he first anointed the waters. Elohim doesn't use anything in his service which has not been anointed. It has to be anointed for him to deal with it. He's not going to touch anything that is not anointed. But once he anoints something, the anointing makes it fit for his use in his service. See, anything that is used in his service, it has to be anointed. Now, interestingly, in the Hebrew, the word for anointing is mischal, mischal. And that's spelled M-I-S-H-C-H-A-L, M-I-S-H-C-H-A-L, mischal, mischal, meaning smearing. So when the Hebrews thought about anointing, it carries the meaning of smearing. They, they would smear something. In the mind of a Hebrew, when something was anointed, it was done so by smearing of oil upon something and on somebody. So often when it comes to anointing, many think of the type of oil to anoint with, but very few, I would say, think in terms of how the oil is applied. You see, you can anoint something not just with oil, but in Things can be anointed with other types of oil and other elements. See, the word mashal means to smear. Even though in the Bible, many times when they smeared in anointing, they did use olive oil. But the point is that the word mashal 
and also we get our word from there, uh, Mishal, Messiah, and Messiah means the anointed one in Hebrew, like Christos means the anointed one in Greek. But when we deal with the smearing, it's not so much concentrating on what we are using, but how we are using it. So often we hear people say, I will anoint someone, but they are talking about using the oil rather than how they would use the oil. And I would say that we need to concentrate also on the methodology in which we use it. So how the oil is applied is what we call the anointing when it is smeared. While oil is not the only element to anoint with, yet when it comes to anointing, the method by which it is done is most important. When something is anointed, it is smeared with the element of which is used to do so. Consequently, the moving of Elohim spirit upon the waters was a smearing process to anoint the waters for his purpose. Now, the next aspect we will finalize on is the element of approval. The elemental approval. In this aspect of Elohim spirit, moving upon the waters, he is approving what it is that he is using. What he approves means that he is pleased with it. To be pleased with something or someone by Elohim's approval ratings, it has, it has been or it has passed the test of what he wants to use it for. And he can show it off. When Elohim tests and tries that which is to be used in a service, he approves of it by the moving of his spirit upon it. When we are sanctified by the spirit of Elohim, we are accepted, affirmed, anointed, and approved. Those four elements is what happened when he was, when his spirit was moving upon the water. He was accepting the waters, affirming the waters, anointing the waters, and approving of the waters. So now we want to look at that aspect. And next week, we're going to take these same aspects and we're going to see how that compares with the water. And do we see the same thing in the water that we see in the spirit? So at this time, we are uh, open it up for any observation or concerns or any insights. Uh, now, what did you exactly mean when you said uh, you need to concentrate on the method methodology of how the anointing is used or how mm -hmm. the uh, particular element is used in anointing? Mm -hmm. In other words, basically, uh, when we talk about anointing today, most people are primarily thinking about the olive oil that we anoint with, mm -hmm. but they don't think about the method. And usually many of the anointings that we have, uh, 
they may touch you with a little oil, but in the Hebrew mind, when you talk about anointing, it was to smear oil. In other words, they would take a whole lot of oil and they would just smear it on you. Just like when they say in the Psalms about Aaron, they poured oil on his head and it ran down into his garments and all of that. That was a type of smearing. In other words, you take an, uh, a, a, a large portion and you just smear it all over. Mm -hmm. It was that smearing, but we just usually just have a little touch. I think I, in my lifetime, I think I've seen only one anointing that was that that person was actually smeared uh, with the spirit, but generally it's just a touch. But that smearing, it was to spread it all around. And then when we look at the Genesis account of the Holy Spirit moving on the waters, it was type of a smearing. In other words, the presence of the Holy Spirit was all over the water in order to be able to sanctify it for its particular use. So I know normally, like you said, we, we tend to think of anointing being done with oil. So it is possible to be anointed with water. And with that being said, uh, is baptism a form of anointing? Uh, yes, 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 it is. And what you have hit on is in these series, we should bring, be bringing that out a lot more because you're right. It is a smearing. It is a smearing. It is an anointing. It is a water anointing. It's like I've seen in certain, certain uh, religious uh, traditions, they, they anoint with water. You know, water is a form of anointing. That, that, is, that is correct. But we'll be able to see the application of the water in in a way that we can uh, see how that no that how that anointing you know uh, comes about. Okay. Yeah, because see, anointing is not limited to oil. Mm -hmm. There are other elements that that we that can be used for anointing. Mm. So I'm just wondering when. Yeshua was being baptized in a way was that a form of an anointing because he was also anointed uh, with oil also uh, mm -hmm, before right. his death correct this is this is this is right right mm -hmm. so 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 even though you got a little head but we can we can pause here to look at what you just said mm -hmm. uh, when you see Yeshua getting baptized by John the Baptist you also see a dove coming down from heaven. And when you saw that dove coming down from heaven, what did you see? You saw him being anointed with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So what you're looking at basically is that when you see the Holy Spirit and the dove coming down to anoint him, it takes you all the way back to the creation that you see the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Elohim, hoovering over the water, just like the dove hoovered over the water uh, when Yeshua was baptized and when he came up, he anointed him uh, with the Holy Ghost. So basically that was the elemental affirmation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He got the, he, yeah, yeah, because see, w when he got the affirmation, 
what it was saying is that if you if you if you look at the words that Elohim said after uh, Yeshua was baptized, he said, "This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased." That was an affirmation. That was an acceptance. That was an anointing, and that was also the approval of his son. See, all of that was in, 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 in there. That was the approval. So, so what, 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 we gonna, what we'll be endeavoring in, we'll show the same principles which were inherited in creation are the same principles that we'll see that are inherited in salvation. So the, the same principles are there. When you got the principles of creation, you also have the principles of salvation. And when you got the principles of salvation, vice versa, you have the principle of creation. Okay. So next week we'll be you'll be delving more into dealing with the spirit side of things. Or no, we water. dealt with the spirit. The yeah, spirit the today, water. your water next week. Water, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, yeah, with the water next week and we're going to show you the similarities between the water of sanctification and the spirit of sanctification. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So listeners should tune in for more uh, juicy Bible study on the covenant and how the pastor is going to be showing us the spirit and the water. He already showed us the spirit. Next week, we're going to deal with the water. So, pastor, can you take us out in prayer? Okay. Eleven Father, we certainly thank you for another podcast. Relies on Heavenly Father, the elements outside in many cities, or Heavenly Father, are very inclement. So we would ask for Heavenly Father that as we go through this weather and the climate that we have at this time, that there are some places, Lord, that are inundated with cold and snow, that you would give us the protection that we need. May we be warm in our houses, O Heavenly Father, and that you would protect the houses that we are in and the places that we live, that as we look to you, that you may provide all of the things that we need in order to have have life at its best. And we thank you, O Father, that as we look to you, that we know that in your covenant promises that you have promised to give us deliverance and protection from the things, O Heavenly Father, that would be against us. So we would ask for each listener. We will ask for our hosts, we'll ask for myself, that as we continue to look at your covenant, oh Father, that as we go into it, we can discover the things that are in your covenant that would help us to live up to the covenant, that when you do come, you can meet us in peace because you will find us covenant keepers. These and other blessings we ask in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, and for his dear sake we do pray, amen. 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 Well, I, we hope that you have been thoroughly blessed with these podcasts. I know I have. I've been learning a lot about the covenant that I didn't know. And we hope you are learning too. That is our podcast for the week. We want to encourage you to follow our podcast weekly. Feel free to email us at scienceofthecovenant at gmail.com with your questions or comments. But the mercy of Yahuwah is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children to such as guard his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. 
Until next week, shalom.